hey, you guys, uh, just before uh, we made the show uh, public, we found out the news of the passing of Dr. Lester Grinspoon uh, at the age of 92. Um, he was a Harvard professor, author of Marijuana Reconsidered in 1971 and Marijuana, the Forbidden Medicine in 1993, a true pillar of medical cannabis research who really belongs on the Mount Rushmore of, of cannabis uh, legends, a uh, real pioneer of medical marijuana. So uh, we're not going to get into it on this show. We'll, we'll, we'll have more information on our next show next week and we'll do it a, 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 for a real obit. Uh, next week, but I just wanted to mention this um, and just say rest in peace uh, to Lester and our condolences go out to uh, his family and friends around the world. And uh, that's it. If you want no smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself. Make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself. Go board yourself. Go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number nine of Grow Bud Yourself. Uh, stick around because we have a great show for you guys today. Uh, Mike and I are going to talk a little weed news. Uh, then we have an amazingly special guest, Chem Dog, is here to chat with us. And, uh, yeah, grow section about hydroponics, strain of the fortnight, uh, listener grow questions, and much, much more. So stick around for episode nine of Grow Bud Yourself, sponsored by Sweet Leaf Nutrients. And we are back. Episode number nine. Exciting times here at Grow Bud Yourself. Mike, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. Feeling energetic, ready to, to do a great show. All right. Excellent. I know. Sativas have, the sativas have kicked in. <laughs> what happened? Who is this person? Uh, but, you know, I'm feeling, I feel like, uh, I feel like nine is going to be a really good episode. Yeah. Absolutely. All the other ones were kind of crappy. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> They're weekly, though. They are weekly. You know, yeah. on the plus side. And uh, also, we should just mention, um, I'm Mike G, and that's Danny Danko, and this is, of course, Grow Bud Yourself, so thank you for joining us. Yes, absolutely, and thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. Check them out on social media and whatnot. Tell them Grow Bud Yourself sent you. Uh, Winstrong and Jacques both have some amazing uh, reggae tunes out there in the world, so check them out. They've been with us uh, since the beginning. That's right. The yeah. original Free Weed song and now the Grow Bud Yourself song. They did a free hash song for us as like a one-off one time. Uh, so yeah, man, thank you as always to them. And uh, so there's some, some news in yeah. the, uh, in the you hopper. You know, it's weird. We haven't really um, been doing too much news. Things have kind of, you know, the focus, I guess, hasn't really been on cannabis uh, news of late. But there are some things that are happening, and we really should address them on the show. So why don't we why don't we do a little uh, news recap? Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, the one big thing, I guess, was just it being essential and having at least some you know states having dispensaries open and deliveries happening and curbside, and that's that's that was pretty big. amazing, pretty big. Yeah. Uh, but then our friend William Barr, as oof. if this guy doesn't have enough to worry about, Ouch. Uh, it, it has become apparent that Attorney General William Barr is ordering politically motivated reviews of marijuana business mergers. So basically, one of his um, subordinates is testifying, and he's saying basically that the 
10 investigations of these pot mergers, these pot business mergers, were not bona fide, but rather they were driven by personal dislike of the cannabis industry. And almost more incredible is that those investigations totaled 29% of the antitrust division's investigations in that year. Can you believe that? Nearly 30% of the investigations that they of any did, business merger. of any businesses that they wow. did into mergers, 30% were cannabis businesses. Yeah, that's awful. Uh, on a long list of awful things uh, from Barr, that's really bad. Uh, and, you know, we could have told you this a long time ago. If you listen to our old episodes, you'll hear in the run-up uh, to the election that uh, obviously uh, an administration was not going to be favorable to the cannabis world. I think it was, it was pretty clearly laid out. Uh, some people didn't want to believe it, but uh, here we have it. So uh, that's awful. So, uh, but this, this story really is incredible. Um, the, the quote here is, um, personal dislike of the industry is not a proper basis upon which to ground an antitrust investigation. So yeah, um, if, if you weren't aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you got to wonder how you know obviously stifling that is to an industry that's clearly you know billions worth billions of dollars, and struggling with these you know intense regulations, intense taxes, and now you know every merger scrutinized like this, it's crazy. Yeah. So uh, just really quickly, um, of those ten reviews that were politically motivated or are being um, alleged to have been politically motivated. Uh, they only really specifically discuss one in the report, and that was a, a, a merger that was uh, planned to be between MedMen and uh, Pharmacan. And again, they're saying that they investigated solely because Barr dislikes the cannabis industry. However, the investigations that they did after the staff basically said, there's nothing to see here, we don't need to review it, and Barr forced them to anyway... The um, the delays basically made that merger collapse. It fell through. And, um, you know, obviously MedMen has had a few issues since then. Right. But yeah, that, that really screwed that up and it caused their, their stock price to drop. So it just makes you wonder, you know, what else is being affected by a personal dislike of the cannabis industry? Yeah. Yeah. Downright awful and uh, preventable this November. So... You know, let's do our best. <laughs> uh, what else is in the news? Well, this one's kind of sad. You know, it's Aurora Cannabis, and uh, they just announced that they're shutting down five of their production facilities, and they're also they're laying off 700 employees. Ah, oof, yeah. Um, Aurora, for people that don't know, a huge Canadian company, uh, cannabis company I've written about uh, for high times, actually went up in a helicopter <laughs> to view right, uh, one yeah. of their grow facilities, uh, which was actually almost a million square feet uh, greenhouse, 875,000 square foot greenhouse uh, in Edmonton. Uh, yeah, so that's not great news. But you know, sometimes these companies just grow too quickly. They have they anticipate an industry that's still catching up and an industry like that is being stifled at the highest levels of government uh, through uh, overregulation, through overtaxing, through uh, things like we just heard about with the mergers and everything. Um, you know, let my people grow, man. I'm saying like, 
go down Moses, <laughs> you know? But we really did People, think that Aurora was on another level, you know, because they were doing such good work. And um, it, it has not been good. They reported a, a net loss of $137 million Canadian uh, in its most recent quarter. And, uh, you know, as I'm sure you know, they've kind of been going through these C-suite people there. Um, their most recent president, Steve Dobler, has stepped down. Uh, their chief product officer, Shane Morris, uh, has left the company. And, of course, Terry Booth stepped down as CEO uh, earlier this year. So there's been a lot of uh, turmoil there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's growing pains in an industry that's uh, being held back from growing the way it should. So... You know, they're anticipating uh, a different playing field than the playing field that's in front of us. And, of course, I'm sure the the pandemic plays a role and uh, politics plays a role. And, you know, people are out there, you know, struggling. So COVID has certainly played a role, as you mentioned. Um, And Aurora is not the only one. Canopy Growth closed uh, two of its greenhouses. Uh, Hexo Corp, they also had to, to shut something down. Tilray closed a facility. So, you know, yeah, it's an industry wide kind of uh, shrinkage going on, obviously. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, people that mess around with pot stocks are probably not not feeling so great lately. But, uh, yeah. you know, as far as the type of growing I'm most, you know, interested in personally, it's it's smaller than than that. And it's, you know, people with a tent or, a, you know, a few lights in their basement or, you know, that kind of thing. So. And I think that's where the higher quality product is, com- is going to come from. And if that's what you like, then that's what you stick with. Uh, and it's much more difficult, I think, to you know grow in a million s- square feet and have a high quality product shipped to people's doors. It's it's a tough undertaking. So you know it is, yeah. Um, well, our like ideal of um, basically everybody just growing a couple of plants in their home, which is sort of the goal of this show um, and the, and our previous show. You know, that is not entirely realistic. You do need these bigger producers, and especially you need bigger producers who are uh, who are really dedicated to quality and um, eco-conscious growing. But it's yeah. difficult, as you said, to, to maintain that. Yeah. I mean, uh, but look at House of Cultivar in, uh, in Seattle. That's a, a huge producer right in the heart of uh, basically, you know, downtown Seattle <laughs> and uh you know, I think forty or fifty thousand square feet. They they're doing it all. You know, creating amazing cultivars that they you know sourced uh, quality genetics, grown right. You know, and now from uh, from uh, tissue culture plants, and and I mean they're able to basically uh, just produce amazing results uh, in their flowers, in their concentrates, and everything else that they do. So. It, it can be done, uh, but I think, you know, sometimes companies grow too big too quick. And that's, you know, they, they're anticipating a marketplace that doesn't quite catch up, you know, in time for them to benefit. But people do benefit. I mean, these guys get huge salaries and, and fly around in private jets and, and all that stuff. They throw these big, huge parties. Mm-hmm. So there's someone out there benefiting, and maybe there's golden parachutes involved on the way out yeah. as well. Hopefully that so. makes everybody listening feel better, that some people are really benefiting. Well, you know, I mean, that's the reality of the situation is is, is the reason people are taking these jobs is, is you know, it's a no-brainer. It's a huge salary and equity in a company and, and all these amazing things. So there's uh, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on, but a lot, also a lot now there's a lot of investors wondering what's happening to their money. 
you know, that they've loaned out for the, mm-hmm. these companies. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think uh, a lot more interest in home grow, which, you know, I think is not a bad thing. And yes, uh, come to us. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, what do you say we we look at one more story here? This one's interesting. I think I think not only are you going to um to be interested in this, but I'm very curious what our female listeners have to say about this. There was a study, a recent study published in uh, Psychopharmacology, and it states that women require lower doses of THC to achieve the same effects as men. Wow. So, yeah, it was a double-blind study with 91 uh, cannabis users. They had them all smoke a single, they call it a cannabis cigarette, and uh, they either got 12.5% THC or the placebo, and I believe for you the 12.5% THC would be the placebo, <laughs> but, but for them, uh, they, they got one or the other, and, uh, and basically the female participants smoked for as long as the men but they smoked less of the cigarette, of the cannabis cigarette. So um, the, the study basically found that women in general require less THC to achieve the same uh, high. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if, if uh, any of our female listeners could weigh in uh, on the subject matter. It's, uh, it's quite interesting. It's a female plant, you know, that ultimately you're, you're smoking a female plant and, and uh, that maybe that has something to do with it, you know having a stronger effect Maybe. i don't know no. I, it's a it's a theory <laughs> we, we should also just mention the way they did this study the participants were sort of able to regulate uh, how much they consumed how much cannabis they consumed and so because of that they were able to say well this amount uh, was enough for me and i got to my desired level of high um but it's because it was smoked cannabis which allows you to do that so the point that the author is making here is that had it been edibles or beverages that sort of have that delayed onset, women probably, and if the results of this study are accurate, they would have had a more difficult time with the same amount of THC, hmm. right? If you, if you eat an edible, you can't just stop when you feel the desired high. You're just, you buy the ticket, you take the ride, you know? So... Interesting. So, yeah, maybe that, you know, that stronger effect can have a negative consequence when it comes with, uh, you know, large amounts of THC ingested. Yeah, maybe. Wow. But as you, as we said, we'd love to hear from our female listeners and what they what they think about this. Yeah, I do think it's interesting. And I think one of the more interesting aspects of the study is that um, they're saying that they these are only recent recent things that they're doing with women, right? Like that. Yeah. Women have so, been misrep- non-represented in studies of cannabis and Yeah, usage. absolutely. This, the quote here uh, from the, uh, the study author, he says, uh, It's important, I think, not a lot of people are aware, uh, but women and female animals have been excluded from biomedical research for much of the history of science. And as a result, our understanding of human health and disease is biased towards males. Uh, so that's, that's really interesting when you think about that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And we also applaud the author of this study who's, uh, who's basically pushing um, for inclusion of women in more of these studies. Absolutely. Well, that's sort of what's going on in the world of weed. That's our little news update. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed our, our talk about the news and uh, cannabis uh, and what's going on out there in the world right now. Uh, we will be back with the legendary grower 
uh, Chemdog, who almost 30 years ago uh, discovered the original Chem family of strains and uh, has been doing it ever since. And uh, we're very excited to have him on the show uh, after this brief break. All right. Certainly want to thank our sponsors for the show this week. Uh, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, that's S-U-I-T-E, leaf, L-E-A-F dot com. Uh, amazing nutrient brand. Uh, you can get the sampler kit and try out the newts for, I think, 69 bucks. Also, you can use code DANKO15, D-A-N-K-O-1-5, for 15% off of anything on the site. That includes uh, the Sweet Leaf Nutrients, uh, LED lighting systems, uh, grow tents. You can be growing today for like under $400, the tent, the lights, everything you need. Um, even bags that are like scent proof bags are over there. Uh, we love the, the team over there at Sweet Leaf, uh, lifelong friends and fam that have created an amazing product. So, uh, check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember to use promo code Danko 15 for 15% off everything on the site. Uh, shout out to Sweet Leaf. All right, we are back, and we have a wonderful interview for you guys. Uh, if you listen to Free Weed, you've, you've heard this gentleman before. Um, but if not, uh, I'll do a brief intro. It was almost 30 years ago, uh, in 1991, at a dead parking lot, <laughs> where, uh, where some magic, magic beans were, were uh, picked up by our, by our friend Chemdog, and from those seeds uh, popped a whole world of, uh, of cannabis pleasures. And so, yes, we have the illustrious chem dog on the show. Welcome G. What's up, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> Always Thanks for a having pleasure. me on the show. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. And, uh, you know, assuming that people haven't listened to previous episodes that you've been on, um, why don't you kind of, uh, fill me in on that story, flesh it out a little bit for us. Uh, Grateful Dead 91 tour. Yep, June. And um, I just graduated high school and I decided we were going to do our first full tour, you know, from start to finish. So we trekked out, we started, and I believe that was like maybe the third show in or second show in, but it was at, over at Deer Creek Amphitheater over in Noblesville, Indiana. And I met Peabud and Joe B in the parking lot. They were saying, Time Bud, Time Bud. And I was, you know, on the lookout for some buds. So I went over to their car and there was a line actually of people. What the hell is going on? So I get up there and they pulled out this bud and it was phenomenal. It was awesome. Um, it smelled so good. It looked so good. It was some of the craziest bud I've ever seen. I was only 17. Actually, I was 18 at that point. So um, it was pretty wild. And um, I bought, I think they only let me buy a quarter. And it was like 125 bucks. And I was like, well, <laughs> But, you know, I was like so young and I was like, oh, I got to do it. This stuff's awesome. And I ended up for some, I don't know why or how, but we ended up exchanging phone numbers. And it wasn't cell phone numbers back then. It was home phone numbers written on index cards. <laughs> so I ended up keeping his phone number. And I think I maybe didn't even see it in the rest of the tour. And I smoked that that night. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And um, some of the best bud I've ever seen. And actually, not just seen, most best bud I've ever tasted at that point. It was the most tastiest flower I ever had. Um, so 
when I was talking to them guys, they told me it was called dog butt. And they had some people called it chemweed. Some people called it dog butt because it got you so high you rolled over like a dog and you're stoned on it. They said, but <laughs> so you know, long story short, I ended up keeping in touch with them. And um, after tour ended, I ended up calling Joe B. And we exchanged, you know, some products to be getting got back to me. <laughs> and um, I got two ounces of actually I got one ounce of the chem or the dog butt they called, and I got like another couple ounces of pea butt back then. And um, those had no seeds in it, but the ounce I got of the chem dog had 13 seeds in it. And that's, you know, I was like, shit, I got to start growing these. And I was only 18 and I actually had moved out and I had my own apartment. So I was like, I'm doing this, you know, whatever. If that's what comes out of that. If these seeds are what comes out of that, then I'm doing that. And um, I started only four, I believe that first time. And that was like, with the chem sister. And that was the start of the chem 91. And I lab- I, when I labeled the label, I labeled it chem dog, D-O-G. And I combined dog bud and chemweed together, you know, so and just made chem dog, made the name up myself. So I made up the name and um, that's what I labeled that. And that was a 91 that started and the chem sister and fast forward a few years after that, I realized it was killer bud and um, what came out, there a few other strains came out of that in between, I believe the snow dog as someone bred up here, um, these other guys. And there was a bubble chem that we did that they also did. And they use a Sagramath Seeds Bubbleberry male, and they hit the 91 with that, I believe, and that's what the bubble chem was. Um, and then in 2000, I decided to pop some more of those original 13 seeds, and that's when the Chem-D was born. <laughs> oh, everybody loves the GMO. You must love the Chem-D because that's all you can taste in GMO is Chem-D. <laughs> anyway, so that was, uh, that was a good one. And then I ended up on the forums linking back up with Joe B., and Peabud in 2006 and I sent them four seeds and my I think the last four I think I have one left over and it got stolen the cops took the last one but the um four that, J- that Joe B had in Peabud was the Chem 4 that's when that was born they started that out of those seeds so the Chem 4 was out of that original batch also and there was also like a Chem 2 and I mean a Chem 3 that was that's still maybe around here and there but it's just it's all right not that didn't really, you know, in the, um, what else is there that's important in that whole realm? I, I remember Jeezels, the Jeezel, the Jeezel, the Snow, snow Dog, the Snow Dog, well. the Jeezel is one of my favorites. And we actually have that down in Florida over at one plant and it looks phenomenal. People are doing a great job down there, but Jeezel is one of my favorites. That was not the original 13. That was kind of a mistake that, um, came out of the mass super skunk from the Chem D. And that's why I kind of called the Jeezel kind of like an OD to the Diesel because that was a 91 so-and-so so i just called it to jesus because that was that but that came out that was like a especially just a random seed that wasn't out of the original 13 but right and the snow yeah. dog which i always love uh, i love it still too. yeah that one uh that's a cross as well did that have to do with the sagamartha cross or no, no that was something to do with um these guys over in, in my in a couple towns over from me did that made that actually um we should get them on one day. They just don't like nothing. They're so quiet. No, I'm not do that. They did the, I believe it was, um, they used the snow from Washington, I believe. The snow bud from Washington, a male. It's strain called the snow from Washington mm-hmm. State, I believe. And they had a male. I think they used that with the super skunk or something and then crossed that back with the bubble berry or something. The bubble chem, I mean. And that's the snow dog. Yeah. 
I'm wow. going to find out the exact lineage of Snow Dog. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting yeah, to I see that. I could be fumbling around. It's been so so long. It's been freaking 30 years, you know. I know. 25 I mean, years. That's the thing I, I, you know, I have to explain to people is uh, in 91, you know, there was no kind bud. I mean, this was like a, a super duper rarity. I mean, if yeah. you had something that was seedless, it was amazing. If it wasn't exactly. brown, it was amazing. And, no. you know. What's so incredible about, I mean, there's a lot that's incredible about the story, but um, going back to that original strain, I had the opportunity to interview uh, members of the Grateful Dead and you as well for a story in High Times a couple of years ago. And Oh, yeah, that, that, that was a great story, Mike. Yeah, yeah it was. An article, was, great article with the drums. Thank you for participating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, awesome. awesome. And Mickey Hart actually said in that interview that, that your weed is the best weed he's ever smoked. It's his all-time favorite. So how does yeah. that feel? to have the band that you're into and following around saying that your pot is the best he's ever smoked. Uh, it was cool. I actually got to meet Mickey last, um, at my first Grateful Dead show was at Foxborough, AKA Sullivan stadium, AKA, uh, Gillette stadium. Now Danny knows what we're talking about. And, um, actually it was funny cause I got brought back there last summer when dead and company were playing to meet Mickey. And, uh, we hung out and smoked and it was awesome. And he told me some cool stories, but it was cool to go full circle back to the venue that I first saw the band at to now being 30, 29 years later, being at the venue with Mickey smoking joints after joints and sitting on a stage watching drums. It was pretty cool. You know, <laughs> it was a pretty good experience. Me and my wife and I, James Bean was out there also too. We had a great time. It was awesome. That's you know, Mickey, right they're now. great people. Great people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they love their weed. <laughs> which uh, yeah. Is amazing. And, which and- is great. And, you know, the impact that that tour, you know, those tours had as far as, you know, genetics and, and you know, just giving people a, a taste of what was, you know, going on in, in Colorado or on the West Coast um, really changed the world. I mean, you know, that spread of genetics and knowledge and just amazing quality kind bud, um, you know, it, it changed a lot of people's lives and put them, you know, on the path towards, you know, trying to get that for themselves. Um, now, once someone does have that for themselves, they still have to grow it out properly. So yeah. what, uh, what are some tips that you can give people as far as, you know, um, getting the best out of their strains? You know, like once they found the genetics they want to grow, how do, they, how do they get the best out of it? I mean, it depends. If you're doing smaller self stuff, you know, you're best to do soil organics, you know, for yourself. But if it's bigger scale, it's hard to keep up. It's, it's, uh, it's very hard to do big operation grows in you know in soil and i don't know it's not hard it's just a lot of labor a lot of it's big you know as far as like getting rid of the soil after if you're doing three four hundred plants it's tough but i i always i always loved organic soil grown bud it tastes good um but i've also had salts grown you know bud that was grown in salts that tastes great i can't lie you know so it really depends if you just have a good strain and you have a good just go with some you know don't get too science uh, there's too much I don't know. There's a lot going on out there, man. I think if you just go with <laughs> your certain programs that work, just go with them. There's always someone that's got something better to say. Always something better out there. But if your program works, just go with it. I personally used to just use soil. A lot of organic, like earthworm castings. I used to use earth juice. I swore by earth juice back in the day. Um, now it's a little bit different going on large, you know, scale and stuff. It's not really, you know, um, it's tough, you know, I think to do full on organic soil and like three, 400 light grows. 
Right. Well, that's a tough one. Now, what about popping seeds? Uh, obviously, you know, you had these from 91 and you were popping them in 2000. Uh, you know, uh, you know, storage, uh, you know, is key, right? You yeah, I've cool, always kept my, and... exactly. I've actually kept my seeds for a long time, longest time in, in big Ziplocs, then in Tupperwares, then in, then actually sealed sometimes, and then in my freezer. And honestly, I've had seeds pop after. I just had, okay, so I just actually found some seeds that got back to me after I got in trouble. There was some, the house, someone ended up having my seeds and I got them back like a year ago after like from back in the day. And there was some wow. sh- actually some stuff that we actually made back in the day from when we went to Amsterdam, I got a bunch of Sensi seed bank stuff and we used like the Shiva skunk, all these crazy street, but I found those seeds and they were long story short. I just gave some out to some people to test. They actually just German, they germinated no problem like right away. And those wow. suckers were made in 94. They're dated 94. <laughs> and those were not stored in no freezer after the, after 2014, they've been moved around place to play. You know what I mean? Shipped mm-hmm. and shipped and finally begged to get back and, you know, finally almost losing friends to get the fucking things back. So, <laughs> that, so you did take so one I of those. Believe, you took yeah. one of those trips over to Amsterdam in the mid nineties, early nineties. Was that the cup? Cushman. Yeah. Okay. That was yeah. probably the first cup that was open to the public. I, yeah, my, I think. I, I'm the laminate and everything stuff from it. It was <laughs> awesome. I still have some pictures. Amazing. Um, yeah. It was the one with, I met Kyle Cushman. I was like, honestly, I, I said to him when we got off the plane, I'm like, let's go back to my car because there ain't no weed that compares to the stuff I got in my car. Let me blow your mind. <laughs> And I went back and I cheaped him out on some 91, Chem 91, you know. And uh, he was like, whoa. And that's how I met him because he was living in upstate New York and he was writing for you guys at that point right, a little bit, right. freelancing. And uh, that's how I got to meet him. And that's, I had, I honestly had, I was like, there ain't no weed that touches my weed over here. And I must, Danny, I went around to tons of coffee shops. Some right. of the hazes, right? You know, like trying to think of Positronics had some red bud that was pretty good. I forgot what it was called. Um, super orange bud or something. And there were some hazes, you know, like Neville's haze. There was an NL5 special I smoked at the grasshopper that was pretty good. Nothing, nothing really compared to the chemno back then. A few <laughs> things at the bubble, a few things at the gray area, the bubble gum, but nothing that really was really, really. I was like, oh shit, I got something special, you know. So, right. but I did end up using some males from those. That's how I made my first cross, a pack of the NL5 haze. I used a male after I started a whole pack. I selected a male out of it short one and i hit the chem d with it and that's how i made my first cross called the dog dog ways i mean the dog days dog ways, dog, days, right. dog days and um i made like 50 packs and i had branded them put them stickers on them was gonna go sell them and i drove out to the west coast and i was in vegas staying overnight i was on my way to go see subco where i was going to meet him at his house and you know see what's going on check him out probably get some clones and drive back home and um I like five hours later, I realized I left the box in the hotel room in Vegas and I called oh. back and the lady, they don't, they didn't know. It was probably someone that just the house cleaner or something just threw it out. Oh. That was the end of that. No oh, more of those. I didn't even keep any. I might've had a small little bag at my house and I don't, you know, I think they were in the bag. I just found there was like, but they were all white little white ones that were left. Oh. So oh, yeah. that's awful. Yeah. Um, Along the way, you were also blowing glass and still yep. do, apparently, yep. from uh, looking at your Instagram, which people should know is at chemdog underscore glass. So mm-hmm. clearly, like the glass thing is important, too. And I 
feel like there's definitely a Snodgrass influence to, oh, you yeah. know. Fully Bob Snodgrass influence. That's I actually used to buy his pipes and sell his pipes on the dead lot. I just loved it so much. And I was like, I don't know. This inspires me. So at one point, I was growing my own bud and making my own pipe. So I was popping my own nuggets in my own glass and smoking it. It was a pretty cool feeling, you know, <laughs> you know, to make your own pipe and be able to smoke your own bud that you grew through it, you know. Um, Bob's a big influence of mine. I can't, you know, pretty much if it were and it roots back to the Grateful Dead. If it weren't for them dudes, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you. And I wouldn't be blowing glass because that's where I honestly got inspired to blow glass because that's where I met Bob and Marie in the lots and saw, you know, their glass and it just, yeah, it was pretty big influence to me, Bob. So that's where my inf- glass pretty much influences on. All right. And then you had alluded to something that happened around 2014 when, uh, I guess the authorities came knocking on your door. Yeah. 2012. And, 2012. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was like a two or three year ordeal as far as yeah, dealing with legalities. Yeah. They ended up taking your house. Oh yeah. They took a lot of money. Uh, Six figures. It's just, uh, it's just awful. Yeah. Awful. And uh, just good to know that, you know, you, you were able to bounce back from that and that you have, you know, merch and glass and all these things going on. A, a big announcement coming soon as well, which is very exciting. We have a big announcement coming soon too. So in this couple era, weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just a couple of weeks. And in this era of, you know, um, you know, it being tough, you know, and everybody kind of scaling back. Uh, it's nice to know that, you know, there's new things on the horizon uh, for you and for us. And so, yeah, the, uh, the glass is amazing. And how would people go about that? I mean, is that just, you know, Get, get you in the DMs? Yeah, basically, I've been, I'm going to do, it's been a little slow, you know, since with all the crazy stuff going on, but back in the shop, a um, little bit less now because I got other things kind of going to be happening soon that I'll be working on, but I'll still be in the shop and I'll be dropping stuff on, you know, on Instagram more or less of glass wise. It's just hard to really do custom stuff right now. Keep up with it. You know, right now I have nowhere, I'm slate, slate clean, so I want to start fresh. And I'm going to probably drop a load of glass in the next couple of weeks on Instagram, actually. Nice, nice. Uh, so that's chemidog underscore glass. Um, now, what about harvesting? I mean, I know once you get to the end, um, everybody's always very anxious uh, to get to like a smokable product. Um, what, what's, what are your, you know, harvesting methods that allow you to have this like amazing terpene preservation there's so many different ways to do it now people say you should dry uh, trim your bud and then hang it or trim your bud or don't trim your bud and hang it and then trim it dry trim it after um i personally just used to trim my branches down i don't like i mean they say old plant hang but we just i trim branches down hang them on old coat hangers trim them up and then i would let them dry you know in like probably 40 to 60 percent humidity 45 is ideal with like temps around 60 to 70 65 probably for temps keep your drying room like that and uh let them dry for like six seven days not too crispy then cut them off the stick put them in a big tupperware maybe let them like you know sit in a day or two in the tupperware throw a lid on that and open it up for a day and just sweat it out for a day and then jar it you know but i wouldn't rush it russian drying is the worst thing you get all that way and then people are microwaving buds back in the it's like, come on, put them in your oven, doing, you know, it's like, it, it doesn't, it's the most important part is curing your, curing your weed, you know, and making sure it's dry and smokable and tasty. Uh, I'll tell you, there's a lot of show butt out there, Dean, a lot of show. Right. Pretend it's good. Uh, it looks good. <laughs> smells great. Has no terps. You know, and I'm a big 
flavor guy. I love flavor. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, but you know, that, that flavor also, you know, is, is a lot of that is in the aroma and, you know, having worked yes. at high times and, and had you come by to visit and, or just had, you know, uh, chem, you know, 91 or chem D, uh, even just a small eighth, you know, on me, uh, if I didn't have it sealed up, you know, properly, it basically would knock me out to everyone oh. around me. Oh, I mean, man. Literally, we going were on up the 16th that floor. <laughs> oh, yeah, going up that elevator. You know how many times I got looked at by the suits? And I'd have yeah. a knapsack, and they'd be like, whoa, and it would be sealed. Right. It I mean, matter. that's the thing. It's like it, even through, I mean, how important is the vac sealer to your ability to even move around with that sort of thing? Uh, and then you've got, you know, you've got something so strong smelling that even the vac sealer can't contain it. Uh, you know, that's just <laughs> back in the day. If you, if sometimes when you grew the chem, if you grew in your house, people's closets would smell their kids' clothes would smell so bad. If, even if they didn't smoke in our house, they'd be going to school smelling like a skunk. I had one right. good friend of mine that that happened to where they, you know, they grew in their house in, in a big room and the kids, the teacher's like, yo, your kid's going to school smelling like a dead skunk at him. And he's like, I don't even smoke in my house. It's just the house freaks so bad. The, the, t- the, the, the smell is getting in the clothing. It's crazy. Yeah. With the Chem D especially. It's just rancid smelling. It's, it's like very smelly, like, you know? Yeah. No, I've had it, you know, I've had the, the, the hotel people tell me, you know, you can't smoke in your room. And I haven't smoked in the room, but I. Exactly. You know. I've had that numerous times where I've almost <laughs> gotten kicked out. And I even, just because I opened up the Tupperware and that was it. You know? Right. Right. I mean, it's, some it people really don't know the is, difference. It really Smell. is that strong it, yep. uh, that you can open a, a container inside a hotel room and people walking down the hall can smell it uh, without lighting it on fire. You right. know? It's crazy. It's yeah. incredible. Uh, it really is incredible and uh, really did change the landscape because obviously, you know, there's it's in dispute, I guess. But, you know, um, OG and, and diesel uh, are you know, in, in some way related, obviously. And, uh, you know, I've written articles about that and, and written articles about you, uh, up there, you know, doing your thing. Uh, and it seems to me that, you know, your kind of philosophy was just to keep it simple. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like at that time you were just hand watering five gallon buckets, you know, nothing complicated, uh, but just, you know, real simple 3000 watt lights, I think at the time. And, you know, pu- pulling a decent amount of really just incredibly potent, incredibly flavorful, uh, and, you know, terpene rich cannabis flowers, which is just, you know, you know, in- insane. And, and I don't think kids nowadays really understand how unique that is. Um, when you're talking about, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? Uh, yeah. Now, you know, everybody's got the fire, everybody's got, you know, triple A, this and that, <laughs> but it, you know, I would stack you know, stuff that you had 20 years ago up against anything that people are putting out now yep, even to this day and say, you know, this, this holds up, if not, you know, totally destroys anything <laughs> anybody else has to offer really. Yeah. Um, so it is amazing that, that, you know, you know, almost 30 years have gone by and, and that you know, obviously there's been some ups and downs. Uh, but, you know, it seems to me that at this point, uh, people are recognizing the fact that that it's a really important and special thing that um, you were able to do. And you you know you've always said like you're not like a breeder like some expert breeder. I mean you 
you kind of got lucky in a way to just have uh, this amazing elite genetics. But then, yeah. you know, you also learn, uh, you know, that you could take that and cross it with something. And the most importantly, select the best things out of what comes out of that, those crosses to continue. Yeah. So you've had to basically, uh, you know, put a lot of plants down, so to speak, you know, like I've never, I don't remember Chem B or Chem C, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. They I know just the 91 weren't. and I know the D, but there, there was certainly lines that you um, just, I, I guess, considered unworthy of continuation, right? Yeah, I have a good, I think I have a good gift for finding good strains. I don't know, it's just, it's just my thing. I just love cannabis so much that, you know, it's like you're saying I grew some of the, a really good flower that you know and a good quality of it even with just 3000 watt it's it just because i have so much passion for the can of, of good tasting cannabis that i wanted to do that well but i think i also have a good knack of knowing like what's pretty killer out there you know i have a good just good gift i don't know somebody gave that to me <laughs> that's awesome uh i mean judging from the size of the joints that you roll which I don't even, yeah. I don't know if they classify as joints, but I remember one particular super snow dog joint putting me they down. They put you one, down to your knees on I'll one knee. That. Yeah, Brian and you were both kind of worried about me there. I, I was turning green. I think I turned second. a few people green in my. I, I will say that I definitely turned more than a handful of people green on my butt. It's uh, you know it's, it's awesome. It's That's a awesome. step above you know the average. Let's just say that. <laughs> Um, you were recently picked uh, as one of the you know four uh, top 100 cannabis influencers of all time. Uh, I'm on the list as well. Very yeah, honored yeah. To be I honored. was honored to get that the CBA Globes and World of Cannabis. Um, yeah, I think that's you know there we are with you know Carl Sagan and, and yeah. I, I wasn't on that one. They didn't get no, me. No, Mike. I guess uh, you were probably 101. <laughs> I think you were uh, like 101. Don't worry, Mike. Okay. It was all the right. first thing I ever been recognized for. So don't worry. <laughs> That was yeah. pretty, I felt pretty good to be on that list. Yeah, it it's felt, amazing. It felt good to be on that list. Yeah, uh, yeah and and uh, especially because you're you're not you know you're not a super public you know sort of person. I mean, I, you have your Instagram and things, and you know you're occasionally at at this show or that show or the Boston Freedom Rally, but you know you're not traveling around constantly you know promoting yourself. Yeah, uh, and uh, so you know yeah you know I think because you know, you've been around for so long and kind of come from that underground scene. Um, there's less, I guess, you know, impetus to, you know, promote and right. just let the product speak for itself and uh, let the glass speak for itself. And, and, you know, if it's quality, people will continue to come back. You know, well, time ha time. Has, has your experience with law enforcement and some of those negative um, experiences influenced how you uh, go about that? Or are you just like a private person? Um, I'm still group? kind of private in general, but I still look over my shoulder, even though I'm not doing any damn thing wrong. It's weird. You still feel like you're, I don't know, you know? It's interesting. When, you know, I recently, I grew up in Brookline and recently got to go back and watch them open up their first rec shop, uh, you know, just maybe a year and a half ago mm -hmm. or so. And, you know, the, the same police who had harassed me when I was a kid growing up, uh, we're now directing traffic, you know, to make sure <laughs> that everything was okay. And, you know, we yeah. brought them some coffee and some donuts and stuff. And <laughs> it, it was, it was surreal. I mean, it really, it was emotional and surreal for me to experience that. And I think, you know, we're obviously on the right side of history. Um, we're, you know, nonviolent, peaceful people who just yeah. enjoy this amazing plant. And um, you've shown a dedication to it. You've paid the price and I think you deserve everything 
that's coming to you in the future as well. So um, uh, before um, we wrap up, I just want, I have one more, uh, and this might only be important to sort of neurotic uh, uptight editor people like me, but um, uh, yeah. so this one always comes up and Dan and I have gone over this for the you know 15 years that we work together. Uh, when we're referring to the person, to you, uh, it is one word, chemdog. And when we're referring to the strain, it's two words. I don't know on that one. That's real G. That's up to the me. only thing I know is it's not D A W G. Right. That's, that's all the, I know. That's the I, one I definitely know. Okay. I think There's, I just became Chemdog over the years, and I don't even know how. I don't even know if it's one word or two words to put it. You know, on my plants, it's one word, but I mean, I don't know. You're up. To, it's up to you, Mike, on that. I'll go we'll with our own style guides. Yeah, yeah, and I'll go with what you guys make up. Yeah, I'll just comply with that. that we'll just be sure we won't do the D A W G. Yeah, geez, don't do that. that. That's yeah. the one that you know. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. Um, give people like uh, an idea of where they can follow you, Instagram, uh, and if there's any website to get the glass or any of that good stuff Work, working on a website soon um also i'm going to be dropping about th- about 40 new tie-dyes this week next week actually if you guys want to check them out on instagram but it, my wife's going to be handling it and her thing is at chem's wife so chem's um, wife and, yeah. your, and yours is yep. chemdog underscore glass yep uh and people can go on there and see uh you know a lot of the glass products uh and all different kind of you, you have a different merch on there as well which is great yeah yep and we're gonna awesome. be doing a bunch of new merch stuff and i have some other other projects in the mix then yeah so um i'm doing a couple of collabs right now with oni seeds we're doing a tropicana cookies and chem d and also a third gen out on the west coast I'm gonna get those skittily terpy really tasty terps in with the gas and uh that'll be a collab between me um brandon and ben ben is ic collective brandon's third gen Oh, yeah. So um, those will be good, and the Oni Seeds will be good, and um, those are some upcoming drops that should be coming up soon. Cool. Well, but, listen, um, growers, if you're you know, out there and interested in really amazing, exotic, flavorful genetics, I mean, that, that's a can't miss. And you, you had a project, uh, uh, Swamp Dog? or Swamp, Swamp Boys we did some things Swamp, with, yeah. Right, with Swamp we Boys. Did some, yep, we did some killer crosses with them. Those, those turned out very good, actually. Yeah. You guys are awesome. So, Right on. Well, thank you so much for continuing to spread the cam love. Uh, congrats in advance on, you know, your future endeavors, as well as next year being the 30 year anniversary of uh, those first chem seeds, uh, which is just amazing and phenomenal and quite a legacy. Uh, I wrote a 25 years of chem dog article in high times uh, a, a while back that kind of recapped some of the information. I think it's still online on their website if people want to check that out. Uh, But thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, keep up the great work. All right. Thank you, Danny. And thanks for having me. And thanks, Mike. All right. We're back. And uh, this, I think we are in the cultivation segment. We have made it to the cultivation segment. And uh, and a big thank you to, to Chemdog. It's always good to hear from him. Yes, indeed. And uh, I believe it's also been a fortnight. So oh uh, <laughs> Is it strain of the fortnight time? I think, I think it's time for strain of the fortnight. Ooh, what do you got for us? The strain uh, this fortnight is Rosetta Stone XX from uh, Brothers Grimm Seeds. 
Uh, Brothers Grimm is one of those uh, breeding outfits that's been around for many, many years in the past, very famous for the uh, Cinderella 99, um, kind of the signature strain uh, for Mr. Soul at Brothers Grimm. And uh, we'll definitely have him on the show, uh, future show, because he's got some very interesting things to say about, uh, you know, feminized seeds and, and um, how to get, you know, 100% females in feminized seeds. And, um, you know, always gives a great uh, lecture about that subject and growing in general. Uh, but uh, he revived uh, Brothers Grimm in 2015. And in doing so, actually took that Cinderella 99 uh, with some reversed female pollen from the Cinderella 99 and pollinated Jack Herrer, um, an amazing strain that everybody's probably well familiar with, uh, to create this Rosetta Stone. Uh, he, he retains that you know spicy sandalwood aroma, musky flavor of the Jack, that unique kind of um, hazy feeling and uh smell and it's very you know once you smoke it you you know it forever uh uh but also added you know resin production stability and uh yield uh while also reducing the flowering time a little bit as well because the jack can tend to go pretty long he ends up uh reducing that to about nine to ten weeks for the rosetta stone of flowering time uh and again like i said uh Mr. Soul definitely knows what he's doing over there. Uh, and as far as producing feminized seeds, you're going to pop 100% females uh, that are going to grow into heavy plants. Uh, you're going to need some support or trellising for these if you grow them properly because uh, they get pretty heavy and pretty uh, resonated. So check them out, actually, at brothersgrimseeds.com. Uh, yeah, and uh, stay tuned to a future show where we'll have Mr. Soul on to talk about uh, the Cindy 99 and... Uh, Brothers Grimm history, uh, feminized seeds, and, and uh, much, much more. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for that strain of the fortnight. And uh, as regular listeners of Grow Bud Yourself know, this is the portion of the show where Dan uh, speaks about a topic of cultivation. So uh, what do you have for us this week? What are we going to be covering? Yeah, this week uh, I wanted to talk about hydroponics, uh, particularly because, you know, obviously I'm always talking about, you know, growing in soil and hand watering and, and living soil and all of that. But, I, you know, that's not the only way to grow. Uh, and there is hydroponics, uh, which is basically growing without soil, you know. Um, and it's, a, you know, it's got a rich, long history going all the way back to the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Um, the important thing is, you know, a hydroponic garden is basically at the mercy of its reservoir. And the reservoir is filled with water and it's a nutrient solution. So that's water and uh, liquid plant food, sometimes uh, soluble, you know, powdered plant food that you'd put in, but typically liquid plant food. So the reservoir is the lifeblood. You know, you have to maintain it. You have to make sure that the temperature of the water is within the proper parameters. Uh, the pH of the water is you know, very precisely in the proper parameters. Uh, the parts per million, which is a measurement of how many, you know, nutrient salts there are in the water is uh, proper. And you should be changing that water, I mean, uh, at a bare minimum every two weeks. Uh, really, you should be doing it every week. Uh, and topping it off as well, because a lot goes into the plants, a lot gets, um, you know, evaporated, absorbed. So you will need to top your nutrient uh, s solution off. 
Um, there's a number of different types of systems. Uh, most of them, like I said, connected to a central you know, reservoir. Um, there's nutrient film technique, uh, or NFT, uh, which uses you know, round or sort of squared tubes uh, where the roots sort of dangle down into the tube uh, and are fed basically, uh, the reason it's called nutrient film is because they, the roots sit in that trench uh, and basically form kind of a mat along the bottom of the tubes. Uh, it's important to make sure that water is well oxygenated as well. So along with monitoring you know, pH parts per million, temperature, you also want to have an oxygenated nutrient solution. Um, then there's ebb and flow. Um, these are a little step up from you know, NFT. Um, some people call them flood and drain. But basically, these have trays, uh, and the trays periodically fill up. Uh, you know, those could be with grow rocks. Those could be with rock wool. We'll talk about mediums uh, as well in, uh, in later in the segment. Um, there's a deep water culture. That's, this is another way to grow um, where the plant sits in its own individual bucket. Uh, typically, you know, in a net pot with uh, grow rocks, and then the roots sort of just dangle down into a uh, nutrient solution that's well oxygenate, oxygenated and uh, sometimes even like misted. That would be, uh, you know, along the lines of aeroponics, where the nutrient solution is being misted on those roots. Um, you know, the benefits of this are obviously the plant grows quicker when the roots grow quicker, uh, and when they're unencumbered by any kind of soil mix or soilless mix, they grow quicker. Uh, and when they get everything they need, uh, you know, the water, the air, the food, uh, you can almost watch them grow. I mean, it's explosive growth when you grow hydro. Uh, it's one of the things people love about it. The other thing pe people love about it is uh, it's less inviting for pests. I mean, you certainly can still get pests in a hydroponic garden, but it's, it's less likely, typically, it's a cleaner environment. It's more like a laboratory uh, than a farm. Um, as far as mediums, uh, we talked about rock wool. I'm not a huge fan, although you know plants grow well in rock wool. Uh, you want to have it wet at all times. You don't want to be working with dry rock wool or breathing that in. Um, and it's just har pretty harmful to the environment in general. It's not a great product. Um, but it allows a lot of oxygen to get to the roots and a lot of little nooks and crannies for those roots to go. So, you know, and there are natural alternatives to, to real rock wool as well. Um, there's expanded clay pellets. These are great because you can reuse them. Uh, and they uh, hold a lot of water, allow a lot of air to the roots. Um, you know, typically even in you know systems where the plants aren't in a nutrient solution, uh, or aren't in a, a medium where they dangle down into a nutrient solution, typically they'll still be held in a net pot with uh, some grow rocks just to keep that you know stem uh, standing and, and in some type of uh, situation like that. Um, then there's perlite and vermiculite. Uh, I've never grown alone in just perlite or vermiculite. Um, don't think it's that great of an idea, but uh, I prefer it as something that you mix into a soilless mix, um, like a pro mix. Um, and then cocoa coir and cocoa peat, uh, also technically a hydroponic, uh, kind of a good alternative to rock wool because they allow oxygen to the roots and stuff. But you need to adjust your feeding practices uh, based on, you know, the size of the plants you want to grow, the amount of roots, you know, the amount of room the roots have to grow in, and the medium that you're using. Um, so obviously deep water culture plants are going to be much bigger uh, than the ones that you grow in an ebb and flow tray table. 
Uh, so you act accordingly and you get big buckets and really aerate that water. Um, that's really, uh, you know, the, the keys, I would say, to hydroponics is, uh, you know, maintaining a healthy reservoir, changing the water if you see any, any problems. I mean, one of the reasons I recommend soil is it's forgiving and uh, hydro is not forgiving. <laughs> if there's a problem, you find out very quickly. And if you don't do something about it, your plants die very quickly. So it's like driving a Ferrari, you know, it's it really... Um, when you have it all dialed in, you're doing great. But when when uh, when there's an issue, it can be a really big issue because you're you're growing so quickly. So that's um, you know what I would say about hydroponics. Uh, I kind of tell people if you're more technical minded, you might be more interested in hydroponics. And if you've got, already got a green thumb, you might as well just hand water plants in in, uh, in soil. So yeah, no, that was that was very interesting. It's good to have a little hydro on this show. We're so um, sort of used to the in soil growing. Hydro doesn't usually get a fair shake on Grow Bud yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the truth is, you know, if you're growing in big, massive facilities, it's almost always hydroponic because mm -hmm. they, you know they just uh, it's it's very hard to grow in soil on, on a large scale like that. Um, you know, there's benefits to all the different ways that you can grow cannabis. Uh, and no one perfect way. So we definitely want to highlight uh, the hydro and aeroponic styles. And even aquaponics is another level where the fish are growing in the, and you know, and you can, you can do more organics with hydro these days as well, which is also very interesting. Yeah, we love our aquaponics people out there. Um, okay, so uh, now is the time on the show where we uh, answer some questions from our dedicated listeners. Uh, if you have a question that you would like uh, answered on this show, you could reach us by email, and that is info at growbudyourself.com. You could also get us on socials, where he is at Danny Danko. I am at Mike Check G. The show is at Grow Bud Yourself. You can get us on Patreon. Uh, you can get us anywhere. You could scrawl it on a bathroom wall. We'll find it, and we will answer it on this show. So what do you say we uh, get started here? Sounds great. Let's take some questions. All right. So uh, the Scarlet Spliffster has a couple of questions he'd like answered. Uh, he writes, Hello, Danny and Mike G. I've been a smoker for over 15 years, and I just recently became interested in growing my own bud. Well, maybe it's the quarantine, or maybe it's that the last eighth I bought from my guy didn't get me lifted at all. Whatever it was, it now has me researching like a madman how to grow bud myself. And as a little side note, I just recently discovered this podcast, but I remember reading Danny's Q&A section in High Times in my early years of smoking. So I'm really glad I was able to find this show. I've learned a lot from you guys already. I have a couple of questions as I'm getting ready to start investing for my first grow. Okay, so his first question. I have limited space to work with, and I'm living in a non-legal state. I was looking to pick up the 2x2 grow tent setup from uh, Sweetleaf, and I was wondering how many plants would fit in at once. Should I just do one in a five-gallon bucket? Should I do three or four in cloth pots? I need some help, guys. So what do you think, Dan? Okay, um, so the Sweetleaf uh, grow tents are amazing and uh, affordable. So that's a good place to start uh, at sweetleaf.com, S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. Uh, you can also remember to use the code DANKO15 for 15% off of those. Uh, our friends at Sweetleaf would be psyched to hear from you. And uh, yeah, as far as the tents go, uh, depending on the size of your tent, 
is the amount of plants that you can fit in there. And I typically recommend five-gallon buckets. So if you're in a, uh, you know, let's say a, a five-by-three tent, you know, you could probably fit in, you know, in five-gallon buckets, let's say between six and ten plants in that, in that space. Uh, you're going to want to veg those plants for about a month, maybe five weeks tops, but they'll get nice and big, so they're going to need a little space around them. Uh, you're not crowding those buckets in there because you want that extra space for, for when uh, the plants veg and, and then start flowering. And I would also recommend using some type of trellising as well uh, in the tent and, and uh, you know, really trying to get the most out of each plant uh, because it's not that many plants and, uh, and you have that longer veg time where you can actually train the plant into the trellis and it'll definitely boost your yield uh, substantially. Okay, uh, so let's do one more here from the Scarlet Splifster. Uh, his final question is on germination. He writes, uh, what is a good starter? Uh, I've read all over the internet about the paper towel method. I think everyone on the panel episode you guys did say they grow straight into the soil. Is that a good idea for a beginner? If I do three plants, say, is there a chance only one of them pops in soil? Uh, what do you think? Germination. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not a big fan, if you guys listen, you know, of the paper towel method, just because there's so much that can go wrong from when, you know, this this fragile little seed pops open and it's got its tap root right there, uh, and now you have to plant it. If you, if, you're, if you could do it precisely and carefully, um, it's not a bad method. At least you know it's, gonna, it's popped open and it's ready to go. Uh, but I prefer just popping them right in the medium. I love, you know, jiffy pots as well. Uh, which basically, you know, you for, they show up dr as a dry disc. You wet them, and they expand into basically the size of like what a rockle cube would look like uh, once they're wet. And then you know there's moisture there. Uh, and I also love to put a tray, uh, a, a heat mat underneath uh, the plastic tray that they're in, uh, just to keep them nice and warm. Uh, and that warmth and that moisture should pop those seeds open pretty quick. Once you see the roots popping out of the jiffy pot, then you can put that right into your, uh, your bucket with your soilless mix. Um, or you can just pop the seed directly into the soilless mix, make sure it's moist, you know, don't, don't put it too deep in there. You know, you don't need to go two inches down, uh, just, you know, half an inch or so, uh, and then keep that moist. Make sure when you water it in, uh, a lot of times people, when they water it in, the seed pops right up because uh, the water goes down and the seed pops up to the surface, uh, you know, push it back down, make sure it's down in that soil and not on the surface. Um, and uh, you should be fine. All right. Very good. Uh, thank you, Scarlet Splifster. We hope that uh, helps you out there and keep us posted on your progress. Uh, we have time for maybe one more. What do you say? Sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do one from our Patreon listeners. Uh, Vince writes, hello, Danny and Mike. I'm interested in switching careers into the cannabis industry. I live in a state where it is only medically legal. Uh, to that end, I would like to set myself up for success when applying to jobs, and I was wondering which certifying and educational organization to go with. Uh, there seem to be several online options, but before I spend the money to take the class, I was hoping you could point me in the right direction. Are these classes important? And which organization is considered uh, reputable to a dispensary owner? Any advice would be greatly appreciated. All right, so uh, what do you think, Dan? 
Yeah, yeah. What's cool is you can do these things online these days, which is amazing. Uh, the first one I would mention, of course, is the OG uh, Oaksterdam, um, because you know that's the one that, that's the place that launched a million businesses in cannabis and a million bud tenders and a million growers. So, Oaksterdam uh, in Oakland uh, is you know the OG. Um, Cloverleaf uh, University is a good one. Uh, that's our friend Chloe Villanos uh, from Cannabis Business Awards. Uh, and Cloverleaf is a great one. And then uh, there's also one called Sensamilla Seminars uh, in New England. Uh, and our friend Ellen Brown, who we'll also, of course, have on the show at some point, uh, Farmer Ellen uh, in New England. So that's Sensamilla Seminars. Uh, and those are three, you know, reputable, good schools that you can, you know, uh, learn a lot at and get into the industry. My advice, as always, is, you know, uh, start at, start at the bottom, you know, get in as a trimmer or, you know, a helper in a garden and you'll learn real quick, you know, show up on time, make someone else's job easier. You'll learn very quickly that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll basically be able to absorb what, what needs to be done and, and, and how, how the best ways to get it done are. And that's what makes a great employee. And, uh, eventually start your own business or, or, you know, work your way up in that business. So, uh, good luck. And, uh, you know, keep your eye on the prize. All right. Uh, thank you, Vince. We hope that helps you out in this uh, new field that you want to enter. Um, if you have a question that you would like Dan to answer on this show, please do get in touch with us. Once again, our email address is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, what do you say we take a little break and come back and wrap it up? Sounds great. All right. So thank you so much, you guys, for uh, checking out episode number nine. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, thanks, as always, to Jacques and Winstrong, um, Mike, the co-host and producer, uh, Chemdog for coming on, and uh, Sweetleaf as the sponsor. Uh, we really appreciate uh, all the support you guys give us on, on uh, you know, iTunes and all the places where you listen to the show. Um, of course, Patreon as well. Uh, no, actually, speaking of Patreon, we, we do have another question from oh, one of cool. our Patreon people. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Timothy writes, uh, hey, Dan, I became a heady chief at the beginning <laughs> of the month. And you'll have to explain to people what that means. But um, I became a heady chief at the beginning of the month. I'm wondering when I was going to receive my book and other goodies. Right. Awesome. Yes. Uh, Patreon has different levels basically of, of memberships. Um, so you can follow us for free um, or you can be a healthy seedling at the $4 and 20 cents per month level, uh, a swelling nug at the $10 level, uh, a big bud is at the $25 level and heady chiefs, I believe is $40 a month. Um, but heady chiefs and, uh, and big buds at the $25 level actually do get a signed copy of my grow book, uh, Cannabis, A Beginner's Guide to Growing Marijuana, signed and mailed to you for free uh, based on those memberships at Patreon. And you also get extra, um, you know, bonus footage, video. Uh, we got Jorge and me on there playing with dolls. <laughs> We've got, uh, I think the next one coming up is going to be Jen Doe uh, talking about her favorite way to consume hash. 
which is very awesome. And, uh, you know, as always, we'll have like uh, special deals and, and things for, for friends that show up at patreon.com. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we, we love the little names. Uh, somebody the other day was was saying oh those names are so great did you come up with that and no i didn't uh, that's that's dan the swelling nugs and the heady chiefs so uh, so well done on all that oh thank you thank you so much yeah the heady chiefs are uh, sorry it's 42 dollars per month uh at the heady chief level but you know we obviously get that not everyone can do that so you know the four dollar and 20 per month uh, level healthy seedlings, you still get access to all the bonus footage and contests and giveaways and everything. So yes, but thank yeah, you. No, we, we love the Patreon people. And you know, as Dan mentioned earlier, you can follow us there for nothing. Uh, if you just want to check out what's going on, but we've got a lot of cool, um, stuff, extra stuff, extra chem dog stuff coming up also. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, please do check that out. Um, you know, always, if you want a follow on uh, social media, uh, go to the iTunes page, give us a nice review, put your Instagram handle in there and I will follow you on Instagram and, uh, you know, then you'll have access to, you know, the show right as it goes live, uh, which happens with Patreon as well. Like the instant, the instant we put out a show, um, it notifies me even on my phone that, uh, that that's happened. So we truly appreciate you guys doing that. And all the support we get from our listeners is, uh, it's key keeps our show going so thank you and we should also mention uh, vapor.com that deal is still good there right that is right. Uh, gby the code gby is the code grow bud yourself uh and i believe that gets you that's a 15 percent off anything yeah mm-hmm. and and it's like they sell everything they have puffco peaks and every kind of vaporizer tons of cbd products uh all different accessories and 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 you know, dab rigs so yeah vapor.com is a great site for uh for all your accessories yeah so definitely check that out um what do you think man is it time yeah let's put this one in the books episode nine has uh reached the end yeah.